0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Um, uh, my wife and I, Alini, who was up here um, just a moment ago, um, are just you know, passionate about Mansfield. We felt a call, moved from Scotland a few years ago, and, and we're down here with our family now, and, and just, just really excited for what God has already done, uh, but also uh, for, for what He's still going to do. And um, so, if you don't, if it is your first time, just welcome here. It's great to have you. Um, We we love having guests uh, at Arena, and so we do hope, as as Alini has said, that you feel very welcome. Um, I just want to also, you know, there's so many things to brag about um, when it comes to Arena Church. I'm obviously biased, and and um, but you know, there's I could name probably so many different people um, who are just so faithful, such great servers so um, dedicated in what they do and and you know I'm not going to name names but I just want to say to those that are involved in hospitality the teas and coffees behind the bar putting on snacks sometimes for us as well um, we just we just honor you guys for everything you do you know what I love coffee and let me tell you coffee this the coffee here is good I promise you. I can't vouch for the tea, because I'm not really much of a tea drinker, but I believe from what I've heard, the tea is good too. And, and, and you know, I think that's a huge important part to church, right? Yeah. yeah? Teas and coffees yeah. have to be good. So um, we just honor you guys and thank you for, for so many people um, who serve so much in the life of Arena. Since we've been here, that's one of the things we've so appreciated about this church. It's not a credit to us. It was already here before we came, but people just love to serve God. Um, and, and love to get involved, to use their giftings. And, and so that is a wonderful part about ARENA. So for those of you that uh, don't know, um, we are doing a series at the moment. We, last week we had Teen Challenge here, so it was a little bit of an interruption on the series. But um, our series, which we started the week before that, and now for the next three weeks as well, is called Make It Matter. And uh, for those of you that, as, as Alini had said, for those of you that missed the first week, it's there if you want it on the podcast. Um, but really our key scripture in, in this series is, is James four thirteen 13 through 14. And it says this, and I'm reading from the message um, translation or version today. Um, last week it was the New Living Translation, but it gives us a different perspective on it. It says this, and now I have a word for you who brashly announce today at the latest tomorrow We're off to such and such a city for the year. We're going to start a business and we're going to make a lot of money. You don't know the first thing about tomorrow. You're nothing but a wisp of fog, catching a brief bit of sun before disappearing. Instead, make it a habit to say, if the master wills it and if we're still alive, then we'll do this or that. You know, life goes by so quickly, doesn't it? Um, like it says in, in, in the scripture, just a, a wisp of fog. You know, I remember growing up, and for some of you, you will remember this, others you far too young. But I remember growing up thinking about and, and imagining and dreaming about the year 2000. You know, when the millennium would come, how futuristic everything was going to be. And obviously, it, it did move in that direction, but never quite as much as we always expected. The year 2000, we we're going to be floating around in spaceships and all sorts of things. So I grew up looking forward to the year two, And now we look back at it, and it's history. I mean, 18 years ago, um, since that um, clock ticked over and we, we went into the new millennium, and things didn't stop working, did they? But time just flies by, and, and we probably realize that more and more the older that we get. Um, how quickly did that happen? You know, it seemed like just yesterday, and now we're in 2018. I could say the same about married life, you know, 14 years. I can remember our first date like it was yesterday, and now we've been married 14 years already. And she, she still looks the same. And the same can't be said about me, uh, unfortunately. But uh, 14 years already. The clock is ticking for all of us. And, you know, for some of us it may cause worry. But the truth is that we do have a portion of time, a limited portion of time here on earth. We don't know how long, but one thing's for sure, that it does go by quickly. And it's not an unlimited resource time. Not an unlimited resource. And so really the focus of this series is is we want to make it matter. We want our lives to matter. Um, The Bible verse we we read makes the comparison um, of that wisp of fog, just here for a moment. But it doesn't have to be a depressing thought. Um, It can be an encouraging thought if we're Christians today, uh, if we believe in Jesus, because we know that although this life is brief, we have the whole of eternity to look forward to. But what we want to do is make sure that we live uh, not with just this life in mind, but we want to live with eternity in mind. Yeah? Do we agree? Because God wants this life to be good. Don't mistake that. It's not like this is just ter- terrible and we just look forward to eternity. He wants this life to be good too, but always with the focus of our, our ultimate goal is laying up treasures in heaven, is living for eternity and so that's what we're going to be looking at today and over the the weeks to come Uh, we want your lives we want your life to to matter into eternity and so um really uh, well last time i preached two weeks ago i shared a joke for you um just think we're thinking about eternity right we're thinking about heaven and um and so i shared a joke about heaven um, and, and I'm going to do another one because it seemed to go down well. Is that okay? Yeah. Just one little joke. As I said then, I'm not here to entertain you. But for those of you that want to entertain, just one joke and then we'll get into the, the, the message. So this week, we spoke about the pastor and the taxi driver l- last time. But this week, it was a couple. So a married couple. They lived a healthy lifestyle. They were very fit. Um, but you know, even if you do that, you can't be sure that you're going to last forever. And so they were involved in a car crash, very tragically, um, and they went to heaven. So, um, you know, Peter, he's the one that meets you at the gates, right, at the pearly gates. So Peter met them, and he said, well, I'll just take you to your mansion. So they went to their mansion, um, and it was a beautiful mansion, just lavish luxury, gold everywhere, absolutely amazing. And and the man said, "Uh, you know, do I have to pay for this? He says, it's heaven, it's free, don't worry, it's for free. And he's like, fantastic. So they went out the back of the, of the mansion and looked out and there was this beautiful golf course. Pristine, you know, tee boxes. The greens were perfectly manicured. Just absolutely blue, beautiful blue skies, shining sun. And he said, wow, that's amazing. Right out the back door was the, the first tee. He says, "What are the, how much do I have to pay for that? He said, it's heaven. Don't worry, it's for free like, fantastic. What a place. So then he took them to the clubhouse and there was this amazing buffet. Um, just every food you can imagine, all the guilty pleasures, you know, those nice chocolates and, and, and amazing food. And, and, and he said, is this for free too? He said, it's heaven. It's for free. And you know what the best part is? He said that you can eat as much as you want, and you don't have to worry about the calories or the if, if you're slimming world the sins or, or 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 whatever it is. You don't have to worry. You can just eat it. The calories don't matter. It's heaven. It's all for free. And suddenly, um, the wife noticed her husband. You know, he was really ecstatic, and he'd just gone into like a a bit of like looking down. So she said to him, "What's going on? Why are you suddenly looking down?" And he said, "You know what." If I hadn't eaten all those salads on earth, I could have been here 10 years ago. (laughs) And so that's our heaven joke. Sorry, it wasn't as good as last week's one. But um, so if you're eating those deep fried, if you're going deep fried, just remember it's because you want to see Jesus sooner. Um, Go deep fried if you want to see Jesus sooner. So anyway... Um, It's all good. Well, listen, um, you know, we're going to look at the Word of God. We're not just going to stay on jokes today. Um, I definitely was not called to be a stand-up comedian. Um, So we're looking at our story today. So we looked a little bit at finance in the first week. Today we're looking at, like, make a difference or make it matter. Make your story matter. All of you have a story. Yeah? we agree? All of us have a different story of what God has done in our life. All of us have a powerful story. Can I say that? Because if you're a Christian here today, your story is a story of redemption. And so a story of redemption is a powerful one. That that we have gone from death to life uh, through Jesus Christ. We all have a story, a powerful story. And I want to read a scripture from 1 Peter um, chapter 3. Um, verses 15 through 18, and and I'm going to read again from the message. Um, And it says this, it says, Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are, and always with the utmost courtesy. Keep a clear conscience before God, so that when people throw mud at you, none of it will stick. They'll end up realizing that they're the ones who need a bath. It's better to suffer for doing good, If that's what God wants, then to be punished for doing bad. That's what Christ did definitively. He suffered because of other sins, the righteous one for the unrighteous ones. He went through it all. He was put to death, and then he was made alive to bring us to God. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks. You see, we all have a story. Your story, as I've said, is unique. Um, if, you, um, if you know your story, you know the potential that, uh, that Jesus has to use that story for His kingdom purposes. And I just really want to, very briefly this morning, just look at three points which I want to, want to talk about in relation to our story, which I, I really hope are practical points, which I really hope will help you just a little, maybe gain a little bit of confidence in, in how you can share your story to those uh, around you and um, the first one just from the, the verses that we've read is this that people should be asking why you're different you see that's in a, in a sense our, our get-in isn't it for for for, for, for sharing our story um, people should be asking Peter says be ready to speak up tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are our lives should look different to those around us Um, so different that they ask, why, why are you so different? In fact, can I be bold enough to say, if people aren't asking why you're different, then maybe we should be asking ourselves the question, are we different at all? Because the Bible says we should be. You see, oftentimes as Christians, we think the best way to represent Jesus is to blend, don't we? We think, well, we have to be as much like the rest of the world as possible, so that they'll think that we're okay, um, but in reality, um, you know, Jesus didn't cause us call us to blend. He caused up, called us to be different, not in a bad or a weird way, but in a good way. Yeah, we got that. Not in a bad or weird way. We all know Christians who sometimes can be can be different from the world in a bad or weird way that actually puts people off Jesus. But Jesus was different in a way that drew people to Him, and we should be the same. Not weird. But different, and so we really people should be asking why we are different. And it's interesting in this in this uh, section of scripture. We're not going to read verse for verse, but just before First um, Peter three fifteen through eighteen. Um, there's a few verses which um, which really Peter gets into a few of the things that we should do, or a, thing, a few of the things that we how we should be a little different. And I've listed a few of them here. Um, it's things like. Sympathize with each other. Love each other. It sounds very simple, doesn't it? But it's not always easy. The, the love that we have for each other should be at a different level. At a totally different level from, from, from the love that people have for each other in the world. Because it's a love that comes from God Himself. It talks about being tender-hearted. I love that word. Tender-hearted. You see... We probably, as, as little babies, and we've got a few in, in Arena Mansfield, and we start out tender-hearted as little babies, don't we? But, but often we go through life and our hearts become calloused, which is really the opposite of, of tender-hearted. You know why hearts become calloused? Well, let's make it practical. You know why your foot becomes calloused? If, if your shoes don't fit properly because you're rubbing and it's blistering and it's getting hurt, and eventually it becomes calloused as, as like a protection for yourself so that you don't get hurt more. And so often our hearts can become calloused because we've been hurt so much. And we're like, I'm just going to become hard-hearted because that's the way I can protect myself. The, the Bible says, no, um, we should remain tender-hearted. You know, we'll stand out if we're tender-hearted, let me tell you. Because m- most of the world become calloused against the things that hurt them. We can't stay tender-hearted. Keep a humble attitude. Come on, Christians. Yeah? Keep a humble attitude. Never lose sight of the fact that we're nothing special. You know what? We can easily um, we can easily think, you know, come to that point of, well, I'm saved. You know, I'm, I've booked my place in heaven. Jesus loves me. I'm better. We're not better than anyone else. We're all sinners who have been saved by grace we need to stay humble in that and, and, and it may again sound so easy but trust me I've been around church my whole life and I know plenty of Christians who think that they're better than the world out there that's not the case we need to stay humble uh, in our hearts and have a humble attitude to the people within these four walls but people out on the streets of Mansfield too remain, retain that humble attitude don't repay evil for evil Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Pay them back with a blessing. How many of you know that a blessing, if you pay people back with a blessing, it will get people's attention? Because that's not something you see a lot. It's usually, they did that to me, I'm going to pay them back evil for evil. Or they'll pay the price. But the Bible talks about praying for those who persecute us or, or you know, blessing our enemies, loving our enemies. You know, we will stand out from a crowd when we in our family context, our, our work context, wherever we are, when we bless those people who throw insults at us. Keep your tongue from evil. Keep from telling lies. It sounds like that, you know, sometimes we think lies... You know, we think that's a lesson that the kids and children's church should be learning. But, but it's so easy for us, no matter who we are, to fall into lies. Search for peace. Work to maintain peace rather than discord. All of these things. And I'm not going to go into them because that's not the gist of the message. But we're called to be salt and light in the world. We're called um, to, to, to be different to the world. To bring flavor. To bring light to a dark world. Not to live by the world's standards. I've been reading quite a lot in the Old Testament recently. And, and in fact, and I was li- listening to a podcast um, recently from Church of the Highlands and a and, um, uh, pastor um, was talking about um, the story of Daniel. And I love the story of Daniel because he's a man who loved God, who, who was taken out of his culture, placed into a culture in Babylon, but yet he still held to his culture. But here's the thing. He still had great influence in Babylon. God prospered him. People respected him. Uh, God backed him up, but yet he stayed firm. He was different, but he was also respected and honored in this foreign culture. I love the story of Daniel. He kept his own standards. You see, we can live a life today infused with the Holy Spirit, You know, with Jesus' help, so that people do sit up and notice. And I tell you that is the first step to being able to effectively share your story because the reality is that not all of us um, are blessed with a privilege and it is a huge privilege to stand up like I am today in front of a crowd. Some of you will. uh, Some of you won't. But every single one of you have friends, have colleagues, have people in your life. And you know what? If we're different if we uh, make the first step of living different lives, then people will st- can't help but start asking, what's the difference? I see something different in you. You see, they'll look at you. They may look like you, at you like you're an alien on Monday morning um, when, you're, when you're happy just off of a Sunday. Yeah, uh, you know, and you're happy on a Monday morning when everyone's miserable. Um, perhaps even, you, you know, when you say, I've got hope for the future, they'll look at you and think, what hope do you have? Look at the way the world's going. But we're called to be different and have a hope for the future. You know, some people don't have children purely because, not because of any other reason, but they just don't want to bring children into the world that we live in. I tell you what, we've had three and we've been blessed with three. And you know what? Yes, it's hopeless sometimes. Bad things are happening in the world. But I tell you this, that I pray that those kids will be great ambassadors for Jesus. That they will make a difference in the world. Um, that they will, will shine a light and make a difference even more than Eleni and I can ever do so. Um, we have a hope for the future. And, and you know, St. Francis of Assisi um, said this. He said, preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. I love that quote because it, it just speaks into the impact that our lives can have, just living a good life, just living a, 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 a life as Jesus would have us live can have an impact in the world around you. Preach the gospel at all, time, gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. What's that, what that isn't saying is that we shouldn't use words, because we should. Um, you know, We're talking about sharing our story, but we're talking about the first step as well. Living a life that stands out from the crowd. You see, when we live life different, with a light spirit, with hope, with aspiration, then... It'll either impress people or, to be honest, sometimes it will offend people. Um, The the scripture we read spoke about throwing, uh, people will throw mud at you, but live in such a way that none of it will stick, that none of it will stick. In other words, people may be offended, people may be upset, but people will also be impressed with the way we live, when we live differently according to how God loves us, wants us to live. Not engaging in gossip. I've written down a few things. Um, not responding to accusation in a negative way. Being gracious. Loving people more. Uh, and this will highlight the grace of God. You know, we, we, we were asked not to hide a light. Uh, and, and also that the salt shouldn't lose its saltiness. And that's what happens if we're Christians and we just try to blend with the world around us. So, so point one. People should be asking why we're different. But the point, too, that I want to make is this, that we should be ready to take every opportunity. We should be ready to take every opportunity. Uh, Paul said these words to Timothy uh, in Second Timothy 4, verse 2. It's not going to come up on the screen, but uh, it's, he said, preach the word, which is Timothy's, Timothy's calling. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction is that illustration being ready in and out of season in other words always been ready you see we do get caught in situations where we're not ready and and i think probably you know so many situations we could we could bring up but i think driving is one of the biggest ones in in my life anyway i know that um every time we get into the car we get into the car as if everything's going to go right don't we um, but we just—we're not really always prepared for the, the worst eventuality. Do you, who, who gets into their car every time and checks the, the spare tire every time? Every no, nobody. So we're not really prepared for every eventuality, do we? Um, it's a funny story, but when I was—I just had my first car for about six months, and was living in South Africa at the time, and went on a road trip. Uh, my friends were visiting from America. Um, one of my best friends growing up through school and so he he came back with his wife and I took them on this trip from Cape Town um, up the west coast of Africa into Namibia which is where we grew up um, and it's so desert-like through the Namib desert um, and we went and we hiked um, the Fish River Canyon which is the second biggest canyon in the world after the Grand Canyon um, and we hiked down there it was an amazing trip and um about a few months after the trip, and we'd been driving on dirt roads, rocky roads, everything like that, a few months after the trip, um, I had a flat tire right in the morning. I came out of the house and the tire was flat. And so I went into the back to get the spare. <laughs> and the spare was like, it didn't even fit. It was like, it had no tread at all, but it wasn't even the right spare. But I know when I bought the car six months earlier, there was a perfect spare there because I'd looked. But since then, I had never looked. And so uh, what had happened, I'd taken my car in for a service. And whether it was on purpose or accidentally, they'd switched spares and given me this old spare and and taken my new spare. So I'd gone on this trip through some of the worst roads that you could drive without a spare tire through the desert where if you you broke down, it was quiet roads. It was no guarantee who was going to come by. Could you get a spare? Could you not? And I was just totally unprepared. For that eventuality, and you know, you could probably say in many other ways as well. We're not necessarily, when we're driving, always prepared for every eventuality. But um, we're called as Christians always to be prepared. To be prepared, I believe, in and out of season, ready to share, ready to speak into people's lives, to almost have uh, a little bit of urgency about our responsibility. To share and and share our story as well. You see, the clock is ticking. Can I say that the clock is ticking? We should have an urgency about taking every opportunity to to share our story. Um, Just this week, um, in my workplace, you know, my work all know that I am also a pastor, and so. You know, it's not so much due to the way I I act in the workplace, I think. It's just because they all know I'm a pastor. So um, I had a a, a staff member saying to me, um, we were alone in the office, in the back office, um, in the bank, and just, just saying to me, can I ask you a question? We've just been to a funeral last week, and why is it always the good people who go? Why is it always the good people who die? And to be honest with you, I... I can't say I was fully prepared for the question, but I did say something. I, you know, I just prayed, God, give me word, and, and I answered, and I, I, I think it was good, a good answer for her. But, um, but are we really ready for any opportunity to just share our story? Let me just say, um, you don't have to have all the answers. That's just an example of somebody asking a question. You don't have to have all the answers. But let me tell you, if people ask about God, the best answer you can give is to share your story. You may not have a degree in theology. You may not understand everything in the Bible. But let me tell you, one thing people cannot argue against is sharing your story, how God has changed your life. When given that opportunity, are you ready to share your story, to take every opportunity to speak of God with your friends, with your colleagues, when you're, with your neighbors, whoever it is? because we do want to make it matter. Um, are, are you prepared? But I want to say, firstly, are you prepared with your words? And secondly, are you prepared with your attitude? You see, we can have an idea of what we're going to say, but often when people approach us, it's, we can deal with it as an interruption, can't we? Because we've got so many other things on the go that our attitude is not right. So even though we're prepared of what to say, we're like, I can't be bothered right now. I've got too much else going. Trust me. I am qualified to talk about distractions. Because if you come to our house, oh my word, we have distractions. To the point that sometimes, you know, I have to keep my heart right when my kids approach me because sometimes Alini and I can only talk after like 7.30 at night. Because the moment we start talking, it's like, Little voices coming in, distractions, talking. And so sometimes I'm even at the point of saying, just keep quiet. I'm just having a conversation with Alini. And so, so often we can be like that in our busyness, can't we? That when opportunities arise to, to speak to your child, I mean, it, it make, looks, makes me look terrible as a father, but, but you know, your child just wants to hear from you, just wants to talk to you, but it cannot you know, see it so easy, push it off as a distraction. The same for us. When people, want to hear from us, but we're so busy with other things. You guys know the story of the Good Samaritan? Um, The story where, you know, there was a a, a priest and a Levite who were so busy that they couldn't be bothered to stop to help the guy who was robbed and he was lying on the road helpless. And they, you know, in, in their defense, they probably had a meeting to get to. They probably had something to do that was really important, but they just didn't have time to help the guy who needed it. You know, we need to to be ready with our words, but also ready with our attitudes to, to share when we have an opportunity. You see, we all, um, Paul says it great. Um, he says that I have become all things to all men so that I may save some. So it's about adapting to our circumstances, living a life that we can do whatever, um, you know, do whatever just for an opportunity to see some people saved. You see, we need to love those who we're talking about. Not just sharing our story because we want our story to be heard, but uh, keeping our focus on people rather than ourselves. It's so easy to get the focus of a people because of what we have to do. But we should keep our focus firmly on the people. You see, we we do get worried about sharing our faith. Um, We do not know all the answers. I'm a pastor. I don't know all the answers. Can I say that? But what I do want to do is I want to be ready when people ask me and ready to share my story and with the right heart to share it. But the last thing I want to say is this, is that the power of your story is not in your perfection, but it is in your restoration. You see, so often we strip our stories of their power because we sanitize them to make us look better. Because we want to look better because we're a little maybe self-righteous. We just want to look like, you know, we're good Christians. We've always been good. Our whole lives are great. But um, that's really, you know, that's, that's based on trying to draw praise to ourselves rather than draw praise to God. You see, it draws away from the power of the cross and the saving grace of Jesus when we try to sanitize our stories because people identify with imperfection. People understand they aren't perfect. So if the stories coming from Christian are all stories, you know, perfect, sanitized stories about how good we are, it's only going to turn people away. People want to hear real stories. And I, I've alluded, you know, I've spoken about Alini already. But, you know, I love Alini's story. If I can just steal a little bit of her story. I love it because, because you know, she, she turned her life over. To Jesus. She was living a life distant from God. She was a living a life for herself. Um, but even in those moments, you know, when when she was drunk, when she was, you know, smoking weed and, and she was high, and, and God spoke to her in those moments. Can I say that? It's okay that a pastor's wife can have a history like that. Can I get an amen? amen. Because you know what? I, I grew up in a Christian house, and and that's great too, and I I cherish that, and I don't take away from that. But let me tell you, you know, God saves us all uh, from a place of hopelessness to a place of hope. He takes all of us who are dead in our transgressions, and and He saved us. And so I love Alini's story, because when I met her, um, just a couple of years after, maybe a year or so after, she rededicated her life to Jesus. She was just totally sold out to God. Totally sold out because it wasn't something that it had been gradual, gradual, gradual. That's what I've always known. It was something real. It was something true. She turned her life over from one extreme to the other. And she loved Jesus. She was certain that she was going to serve Jesus. You see, it's not a sanitized story, a uh, story. And there's things she's not even told you, which she could tell you uh, at other times. But the, the beauty of it is that God speaks through our imperfections. And I have my imperfections too, which maybe I'll get a chance to share with you too. So not just because I'm brought up in a Christian home that I'm perfect. Not not at all. We all have our imperfections. God speaks through those imperfections. My story's different, but um, all of our stories have power because it's not about us. It's about what God has done in us. Ephesians 2, uh, uh, verses 4 to 6 It says, because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace that you have been saved. You see, God doesn't make you a little bit better. He takes dead and He makes it alive. Your story is not a story of like, I was good and God just added to that. No, your story is of, a story of redemption, a story of transformation. You know, we can be so confident in our God. We can be so honest that the stories that we have in our lives are going to be used for powerful purposes. Your story matters. Your story is powerful of what God has done in you. Um, and, you know, it's so, it's so important that we focus um, on the reason why we're here on earth. It's discovering your purpose, that you're put here for a purpose to make a difference in the world around you. And and if you're not signed up for Growth Track, you know, I encourage you. Um, one of the big things that we do here at Arena is, is, is we, we want you to know God. We want you to find freedom. You want you to discover your purpose and then make a difference uh, in the world out there. And so I'm just going to wrap up very quickly. I'm going to call the guys forward to... To, um, to just play a song as, as we finish up. But um, focusing in on, on those three points, we should be living different lives. God uh, should be doing something in us that people are actually asking questions. What's different about Paul? What's different about Neil? They should be asking for that. But we should also should be ready to take the opportunity. And we should be bold enough to realize that our story, the power's not in the perfection of our story but the power is in the redemption the restoration uh, that God has given us um, so can we can we stand to our feet that would be that would be amazing